Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program, Warren D. Robinson. He is a regular on the show. He is a personal favorite, a show favorite, um, and he just brings an interesting, rich background to every conversation. He's an attorney, a business attorney, an entertainment attorney. Uh, he has worked, uh, he is a, a showmaker, producer of uh, programs. Uh, including on networks such as Netflix, and just brings so much to every single conversation. And he's one of my favorite media critics. It's really not a a monitor uh, you wear, Warren, but but you're <laughs> dang good at it. I I know our first couple of uh, interviews that I had, I said this guy needs to be one of my go-to people for all things media critic. But you know. You're in the media. You kind of understand the uh, nature of the beast more than most, and you're a great political critic as well. And we're going to focus on that in this segment uh, by looking at uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Any listeners of this show knows that uh, my show is out of Texas. Um, his border policies are proving popular across the country, no doubt about it. You know, there's an old saying conservatives used to have, have used historically. Uh, the saying is, is what is a conservative but a liberal that's been mugged? And <laughs> if you talk to the mayors of Chicago and the mayors of New York, uh, they'll tell you they've been mugged by what's happened with the immigration policies with Florida and Texas exporting uh, migrants that come in illegally in mass to those locations. And uh, those are very important places that all of a sudden Biden looks very vulnerable uh, because of the way they've responded versus to the way, you know, uh, these governors, the Florida governor and, and uh, the Texas governor responded. So with that, jump right in. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, the governor of Texas there, Greg Abbott, he has pr created a masterful strategy on this issue of immigration because he decided that I am no longer going to just go and harp about what's happening down here. I'm actually going to take the problem to the sanctuary cities, the cities that have said, you don't know what that is, those are cities who have said, we are not going to cooperate with the federal government by turning in migrants or letting you know that migrants are here. They can apply for services. We're not going to report it. So he said, fine, if that's the behavior that you want, the posture that you need, we're going to take the immigration problem to you. And he began busing routinely, like every day buses of migrants to some of these cities, so Chicago, New York, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, bringing the border crisis right to them. Now, it was genius because, of course, it stirred up the media and everybody in their righteous indignation, and they're so angry, and you're using these people as pawns, and just a flurry of um, angry commentary. But what we have seen is that if you poll it, the people of Texas are actually in support. And they're saying, listen, the rest of the nation does need to bear some of this burden. They need to realize what we're going through. And it was equally brilliant because eventually, once the numbers started adding up, what did the mayor of Chicago have to do? What did the mayor of Washington, D.C. have to do? What did the mayor of New York City have to do? They had to turn on the Biden administration. Democratic mayors 
have had to call out their Democratic president and say, listen, Joe Biden, you have been derelict. You need to do something about the border. So Greg Abbott won on two fronts there. He, he created a policy that's popular with his residents. He created a huge uh, cycle in the news, and he got Democrats to turn on their Democratic leader. I call that a win by uh, all measures for, for Greg yeah. Abbott. At least from a political perspective in the short term, you and I both know uh, the data is pretty clear. You're 10 times more likely to get the appropriate papers to continue to live in the United States through courts in New York and Chicago than you are in Texas and Florida, roughly 10 times more likely. Uh, and and the reason for that, you know, and as a result of that, a lot of the very people that uh, Abbott and uh, DeSantis don't want in the United States are going to be more likely able to stay <laughs> because of their policies. But you know what, though, the reality is that I didn't like the visual of how it looked, but they're absolutely right. DeSantis and, and Abbott are right. This should not, should not be on the shoulders of Texas and Florida and Arizona alone. This is a national issue, and this is a, a, a product of incredibly poor management on the part of the federal level that, by the way, goes back decades. It's not new. We'd love to blame uh, Biden, but uh, both sides have had weird and inconsistent policies for decades. Uh, right-wing business owners who make a fortune off of the construction business have been as complicit as uh, bleeding-heart liberals and trying to keep uh, undocumented workers in this country. And so uh, it's very complicated. But uh, this, should not been, this should never have been shouldered on uh, California and uh, te in Texas and you know, in Arizona and other states. What's really interesting now, I'm sure you saw this, is that Chicago's um, city council is in the process of debating whether or not they're going to remain a sanctuary city. That's how effective. Abbott's approach has been. And uh, frankly, I think in, in, if I were one of these governors, I'd probably continue to export them um, to these cities that claim to be sanctuary because they literally say with that status that they're more than willing to have them. That was a nice luxury they had when they were 1,500 miles away, right? <laughs> you know, oh, yes, we'll take care of them. If they could only get here, oh, okay, you know, the governors will help. We'll get, we'll get them there. To me, it just showed the depth and breadth of their hypocrisy. Well, yeah, it's kind of like your relatives, Kevin. You like them until they, they show up at the house, and then, you know, uh, then you're ready for them to go home. Um, that's kind of how these cities are. They, they claimed how much they welcome immigrants and we're open to migrants and our city's open for all until they come in and they're draining your resources and they're taking all the public services from the actual residents who pay taxes and you have nowhere to house them. They have nowhere to go and they're committing crimes. It's so many issues now that these cities are having. So they're realizing that these policies, which I've never liked, sanctuary policies to begin with. One, I think it's illegal. I think it's, it's that's areas that are preempted by the federal government. The state and federal cooperation is paramount to our legal system. So I've never liked these policies to begin with. But if you're going to proclaim that you're open and welcome to the migrants, then you should live up to that charter. And what we're seeing now is the hypocrisy on the liberal side of the aisle because they're not living up to it, and they're realizing this is very costly. And the residents are saying, no, you're putting, you know, um, in New York City, we have kids who can't even go to school because the schools are housing the migrants. 
We have yeah. ambulance services in Arizona and Texas that cannot go to residents when they call because they're treating migrants. So it is a huge issue. And no, the Biden administration did not create it, but they have made it worse because they have not done anything. Their inaction has caused this uh, process to, to has caused the number of people that cross the border to swell. Rightfully or wrongfully, these folks believe that Joe Biden is not going to do anything. How do we know we hear it? When you go talk to them, they say, we love Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not going to send us home. Uh, this ideal of catch and release, where they come in, you process them, and then you release them into the U.S. For, until, you, uh, until they get a court date before you decide. There are people that are coming in, their court dates are seven years away. Yeah. Six, you can do seven a lot years away. Years. Eight years away. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely. Ridiculous. The problem has persisted. You know, part of the problem is that Joe Biden made one of his priority campaign-wise, which is really strange to me for a party that tries to appeal to the middle class. It's not a middle class party. It's an elitist party that uh, really speaks to uh, generous liberals who don't have to live under the kind of results that these policies have, in my opinion. But he made Mm -hmm. that issue. Uh, making it easier for these uh, illegal immigrants, call what they are, call them undocumented. I get tired of political correctness. Them being here is illegal, Warren. <laughs> That's the reality. And, uh, you know, he, he made that centerpiece. And when you have a polarized, pendulum-type approach, he really advocated he was going to take a 180 from what um, – Trump did. And I think Trump's policies were too extreme. Uh, countries thrive because of a proper inflow of uh, proper immigrants that complement what a country needs financially, economically, demographically. Uh, and, and I think Trump's approach was too my, narrow and myopic. And then he just went the opposite extreme to doormat America. We don't need, we, we don't need fortress America and we don't need doormat America. There has to be a third way, which is probably the conversation you and I have more than any other uh, since <laughs> you have been a regular on the show. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because I am, a, a, no surprise, I'm a Joe Biden supporter overall. I, I voted for Joe Biden. But I have been extremely disappointed in how he has handled the border policy. And I'm actually of a different mind. I didn't mind 90% of the Trump policies. I thought that they were working. We did see numbers decrease. Now, I agree that some of the optics didn't always look great, but I do believe you have to be tough, and you have to be tough to enforce on the border, to enforce people, and and, and kind of persuade people not to cross that line. And that's what Trump did. Uh, Not that he should have kept everything, but I think what Biden did, the mistake that he made, was he was so insistent on saying, I'm getting rid of anything Trump, that he didn't take the time to assess which policies were actually working, like remain in Mexico, that we should keep, and which one, you know, separating children from the families don't work that we need to get rid of. But he just came in and said, nope, we're cleaning everything Trump out. And he got rid of, he changed all the policies, and then just kind of did nothing. Um, he's done so little now to actually stem this problem. And there are things that he could do right now that does not have to go through Congress that he could actually be doing to help stem this process, and he's not. And, and getting rid of Remain in Mexico, I think, was a huge mistake on behalf of the Biden administration, especially, Kevin, when they had no alternative. You got rid of Remain in Mexico, but you didn't replace it with anything. And yeah. as a result, what have you seen? Historic influxes. Yeah, and by the way, what I was referring to, I, frankly, it may 
a lot of sense to Trump policies. Um, I, I'm not black and white really on either side when it comes to this. It d- did make sense when it came to the type of immigrants that Biden has had a complete failure on. What I was referring to was uh, immigrants who wanted to come from a- Asia with green cards that whenever they come to the United States, create one of them can create dozens of jobs for Americans around them. Mm-hmm. And they bring things that we like and lack and things that we need, particularly in the education space. Because let's face it, we're, we underperform when it comes to, uh, to STEM uh, areas, yeah. uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. We, we underperform in that area. We need that fresh blood. Those are who I was referring to. But to me, he had a very xenophobic, very almost race-driven approach, terrified that these Indians yeah. who were going to be making six <laughs> digits would somehow become bleeding-heart liberals uh, <laughs> because they moved to the – if they eventually became U.S. citizens, which they would never have to do that. The, you know, the green card doesn't provide that. Um, it's something that makes sense for both the United States and for those who take advantage of it who can legally. And so that's – I was more referring to that rather than yeah. the uh, – the kind of problem we're seeing on the border. There's, there's very, unfortunately, there's very little option uh, that can work, at least in the, in the short term, um, like what we do on the border. And I keep hearing progressive talk about how terrible our uh, policies were under Trump. Frankly, our policies were like the vast majority of countries in the Western Hemisphere, and as some, uh, like Canada, even more stringent. No, absolutely. I, I, you know, Trump, like most things with Donald Trump, his, if he could control his mouth, uh, maybe the policies wouldn't have been as hated because you're right. The policies themselves were very similar to Europe and very similar to Canada and other countries. It really, the policies were not as bad as he made it sound because you're right. Everything he says was xenophobic and racist and just, you know, Trumpyism. And, and so, Part of the reason why he had such a negative appearance when it came to the issue of immigration is because of, he couldn't control what he said. And well, I know his supporters like it. He's not a politician, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but you can't be racist and xenophobic and expect people to support you. And so I think that's why his policy sometimes got a, a terrible rep, because they weren't quite as bad as the media made them out to be. Uh, at the same time, wait, wait. Wait. they weren't as bad as Trump made them out to be. Well, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Trump, is, he kind of, but it was kind of twofold because the media kind of folded into it too. We've seen a lot of stories about um, the Trump policies, especially when it came to the kids and the separation policies. But that was a policy actually started under Obama. But the yeah. media really hyped it up under Trump, and then he fueled it by saying such racist and xenophobic things. So it kind of gave credence to the way that they were attacking him on immigration. So I think they both kind of played hand in hand <laughs> in that equation. Yeah. But like most things, Trump never helps himself, right? He never. can't help himself because he says whatever he wants to say. But at the end of the day, uh, we do have to have strong policies to to protect our border, and we need a firm hand. We need more judges. And listen, 90% of these people who are trying to claim asylum do not have valid asylum claims. There is no reason why we should be releasing them into the U.S. for seven years and then thinking that they're somehow going to show up seven years later for their actual court date so they can be sent back. It's ridiculous. Yes. And that is something Joe Biden can fix that he doesn't even need congressional support for. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. And back into the context of you know Trump rhetoric, Trump loves to say that he has the toughest immigration policies of any president in U.S. history. You know, forget about his xenophobic direct statements. He fuels this by his description of his own policies, the belief that they are extreme, and he loves it. He relishes it, and then cries, you know, victim when uh, the media turns on him. The media, man, they are incredibly useful idiots to Trump. And I sit there and look at Trump and say, how could anyone or anything be a useful idiot to him? It, to me, is baffling, absolutely baffling. And I'm not saying he's not smart because that's the snobby things people in the media, you know, love to do. But I am saying that he is really, uh, he's vulgar. And he is not, not savvy. And he loves not being savvy. And, uh, you know, he's got, I guess you would say, street smarts, which is incredible considering the affluence he grew up under. Uh, you know, he, he likes that like he's some kind of gangster that, that uh, grew up in a tough neighborhood. Well, there's nice neighborhoods in Queens. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, he was very, you know, I remember, I'll never forget when he talked about how he got a small loan for his dad for a million dollars. Well, who else calls out a small loan, uh, Warren? You know, well, yeah. But, and, yeah. And I heard it was significantly more than a million, too, but you're right. Uh, it was a quote unquote small loan. <laughs> yeah, quote. And so I, 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 I'm just amazed. I'm amazed at him. And uh, if I was a religious extremist, I would say the, the people have been blinded by Satan. <laughs> I mean, it, it's <laughs> mind boggling when I watch it. Uh, but uh, it's a very, very strange debate, very strange times. And I'll, I continue to enjoy my chats with you, and, and we'll continue to try, try to figure it all out. Warren D. Robinson, always love having you on. Do you have a final thought real quick? I'll just say final thoughts. Um, Greg Abbott, the border governors are, are winning this PR fight. I think if Joe Biden does not win re-election in 2024, immigration is going to be a huge reason why. No doubt about it. In fact, uh, it, it's a referendum, actually. Um, and, you know, we were talking about, talk about referendums. I think the media's credibility was a referendum in 2016, which is how Trump ended up becoming president of the United States. So uh, I think you're right. I think it will be a referendum issue. WarrenDRobinson.com is the way you can learn more about it, about Warren and about his work. And by the way, of course, we'll have a link over there at PriceOfBusiness.com to this interview, which will also have a link to WarrenDRobinson.com. As always, thanks so much, my friend.